0: Well, good to see you this morning. Welcome to Arise Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're here today and excited to be able to worship our Lord together this morning. Thank We're so thankful for God of what He's done this week. Uh, Several of us got away. Thank you for praying for that and spent some time in prayer, spent some time planning and preparing for the next uh, few months and years in our church. And we're very excited about what the Lord has for us there and looking forward to being able to share some of those things with you over the next few months and as we get moving on towards what God has for us. We're so thankful to be able to have a safe trip there and a safe trip back, and uh, just a refreshing time of prayer and encouragement around God's word and in spiritual fellowship. Thankful for a church that enjoys doing that one with another, and uh, thankful for God even providing in some wonderful ways this week. The DeBlanc family welcomed a new grandda- or grandson. I'm sorry, grandson into their uh, family this week. So Stephanie got to go up and spend some time with. Their daughter and uh, new grandson were very thankful for them. And uh, thankful also for how many of you are reaching out and ministering to Katie Spencer. Thank you for praying for her. Those of you who have already taken her meals, and I know many will continue to do that. If you'd like to be a part of encouraging their family with a meal, uh, make sure you see Anna Tanner. She can send you the place. We have a little online place where you can register so that we can keep track of who's taking meals and when they're doing that. And uh, we just want to be a blessing to her and to her family as they go through. A very difficult time. I shared this brief thought with our uh, group this weekend, but uh, been looking at the chapter in Hebrews 13, and there's lots of wonderful truth in that chapter, but some verses that really encouraged us were verses 5, 6, and 8 that say this, let your conversation, that means how you live, let it be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? And yet, by being content with what we have, that means I have everything God wants me to have, and I'm okay, because God gives me everything that I need. And he says, when we live like that, he says, for he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I'm so thankful that we serve a God who is always with us. And then verse six is a wonderful verse, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the fear of man bringeth a snare. And yet we often find ourselves afraid of what other people may say or do to us. And yet we can say, the Lord is with me. He's my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same Yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus Christ that died on the cross for your sin and my sin a couple thousand years ago. The same Jesus Christ that created everything that we see. The same Jesus Christ who, when he ascended up into heaven, he told his disciples that he would come again. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. I'm looking forward to that day where we see Jesus face-to-face once again. It hasn't happened yet, but as we gather together here, we are worshiping our Lord and Savior. We're singing His praises. We're going to get to pray to Him in just a moment, ask God for His blessing and His help. We need Him. We have everything that we need given to us from our Heavenly Father. And may we remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Ask him to bless our service and to help us today. Father, we love you. Thank you for caring enough for a bunch of sinful, wicked people to send your only begotten son to die in our place. You didn't have to do that. You did it because you loved us so much. Lord, we thank you for your great love that you've demonstrated to us in the sending of Jesus Christ, and then you continue to demonstrate to us as you continue to provide forgiveness and direction and help and guidance in our lives. Lord, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be able to have a personal relationship with you. Lord, I thank you for those who have come into that relationship very recently, even in our church, who have trusted in you as their Savior, asked you to forgive you of their sins. Lord, if there's somebody here today that's never experienced and never had the forgiveness that can only come through Jesus Christ, I pray that they trust in you today and be saved. Lord, we thank you that we can gather together freely this morning and worship you. I know some cannot be here today because of health needs, concerns and physical problems. We think especially of Katie this morning. Pray that you strengthen her body as she continues to go through these treatments. Let her know your love and that uh, we as a church love her too. Pray for Larry this morning. Continue to strengthen him as he continues to have different things looked at and done with his back. Pray that you'd just give him the strength that he needs. We thank you for what a blessing he is to our church here. Lord, thank you for this new grandbaby born to the DeBlanc family this week and pray that you'd be with Stephanie as she gets to spend some time up there caring for her daughter and grandson and just encouraging them, give her safety and give her a blessed time as she's away. Lord, I pray for our church that you would encourage us through your word this morning. We need to hear from you. Many things have gone on this week, many challenges, many concerns in our own personal lives in the world around us. Lord, we need your direction. We need your help today. Pray that you'd bless our service this morning. Pray that you'd be with the preacher today. Encourage him. Use him to minister to our hearts today as he shares your word with us. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing, and we just pray that we would be faithful and obedient to walk faithfully with you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. One of our missionaries here today and uh, his name is Luke Shelby and he was unable to bring all of his family with him due to school and various other things that they have going on. But uh, in just a few minutes he's going to come and tell us a little more about the ministry that God has given to him. It's been 20 years this past April that they've been in Kenya serving the Lord and God has done some tremendous things. I met him when I was a teenager and so I've seen and read letters and heard some of the testimonies along the way, but it's one thing to just hear about it from time to time, it's another thing entirely to live it, isn't it? And I know he could probably go on all day about things that the Lord has done, but uh, he's going to take some time and share share with us what God has done and what God is doing, and then also challenge us this morning from God's Word. I'm so thankful to be able to hear from somebody who's been serving God faithfully in what to many of us would be considered a faraway place. Um, Now, for Christine, it's just, you know, next door, just over a ways, and here is a faraway place for her. And I'm just thankful that God, even in bringing people together in our church, people from all different places, and it's wonderful to hear that God's at work in all kinds of places around the world. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just kind of only see what's happening right here, whether it's good or bad. And uh, it's really encouraging to hear there's good and bad in other places too, but that the same God who works here works over there, and uh, things sometimes look a little different, and there's different languages being spoken, but God is still at work, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, so we're going to have him come. In just a minute, what I'm thinking is, Brother Shelby, we'll have you come. I know you're going to say a few words, share your video. I want all the boys and girls to be able to see that, too. And then we'll dismiss them out, and they're going to go to junior church time after that. All right? So you come and uh, share with us what God's laid on your heart this morning.
1: It is a blessing to be here. And uh, if you guys, Luke Shelby, missionary in Kenya. We've been, 1997 is when we started deputation, and I was like two or three years old back then um but uh it's it's been a blessing to see how god has worked through everything that he's done it's the first time we've been here excited about what god's doing here at arise baptist uh new church and it's growing and you you guys are continually uh doing a good job and so i thank, thank you for your faithfulness so if you would just pardon me just for a minute um metoko Rwanda. rwanda and Uganda, so unajua Swahili vizuri, kidogo, kidogo, Um barakimu sana. Your husband knows a lot. Okay, Amen. Um, we've been contacted. Sorry, that was Swahili, trying to get to know who she was and where she's from, and um, uh, that's speaking in tongues, I guess. I'm Spanish. I'm Spanish. <laughs> so. I was in another church, it was a Spanish church, and uh, the pastor was, ex- was translating for me English into Spanish, <clears throat> so I was telling them that Spanish and Swahili are pretty close to the same, except there's some major differences. Uh, you know, familia and familia, that's how we pronounce it in Swahili, familia, um, and sw- or, sorry, Spanish is familia. And so it's just an enunciation on a different place. And then, but uh, the, the problem that's there between Spanish, you say C, si, and uh, Swahili it's C. Si. <laughs> so it's totally opposite. So you can't mix them. When I first, so there's a lot of Spanish. Um, uh, when, when we first went to Kenya, we shipped a container over with John and Romans. And I didn't know Swahili very well, but um, I just, Learned a few songs while I was on deputation and that. But when we got the shipment over there, then we um, uh, started taking it out. And I was willing to give John and Romans to the guys that were coming to, uh, you know, uh, check the shipment and customs and all agents, you know, health people, you know, from the government and everything. And so I took out a box and started giving it to them. And it said San Juan. I was like, yeah, that's Swahili. I didn't know Spanish either. (laughs) <laughs> they said no that's not that's not Swahili we don't know what that is we don't want that give me English so that was kind of a funny thing so it was just one box in the whole shipment and I didn't check it before but I had a lot of Swahili that we gave out but that was Spanish that was amazing um, so just very shortly uh, when I was a young person in our church and in Arkansas we uh, I had missionaries coming through our church all the time and as a young person six seven eight years old um, I, we were seeing missionaries all the time and I knew that if, if missionaries could go out and do what they could do and God could help them do that then it's just the, the most amazing thing in the world Amen. and uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that I would be a missionary but I really entertained the thought that man, that, that's, that, that is the life that is the way to totally give yourself to the Lord and uh, when a missionary came, left our church to go I was wanting to go with him 7 years old and 6-7 uh, years old around that time and uh, but when I was a teenager, the Lord called me to preach at 16, and then 17, I struggled with the opportunity where God wanted me to go serve. And so when I was 17 years old, I knew that God wanted me to. There's verses to confirm everything and what God wanted. What God wanted uh, through His Holy Spirit, through preaching, through mm. other testimonies, and everything that all things work together for good. Yeah. Yep. And so when I was 17, I surrendered to go to Kenya as a missionary. And so I just kept trying to study, study how, how, how to be a good missionary, asking questions. Uh, and so we're church planners over there in Kenya, and we're excited about what God has done. Uh, we've, we started our 28th church back in February, and all everything that we've done is national-run, national-led, indigenous, and trying to, you know, not not have the continual burden every time we go to a different place where it's a burden on on me or finances from America and that kind of thing. So we try to make it indigenous as soon as possible right. with the start with the national pastor. And so it's exciting to see the men that God has trained. And our first goal was to go there and train men and uh, teach them what we know and pour our life into them and see what God will do with them. And uh, God God's really used them and seen a lot of people saved. And we're excited about that. But our presentation here, will show that first. And there is some Swahili in there. So I want you to read the the letters and stuff on there sorry my wife and uh children were, were not able to come well i don't have very many children i've got a ninth is our last one and uh our others my third born son he's uh started college this year uh, our older two girls abigail and brienne finished college uh, a couple years ago and now they're teaching at our home church's uh preschool and so pray for them one of them's getting close with this guy and uh they he wants you know, he's hanging around a lot and stuff, and I, I feel like I have, I feel like I should be saying no, 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 more than, you know, yes, whatever. But <laughs> when they go out on dates or whatever. But anyway, uh, just pray for them. He wants to go to Guyana as a missionary. Uh, Brianne has a heart for uh, my second daughter. She has a heart for China. And so she's going to be able to work with the missionary next year for a year and learn Chinese and work in the uh, in school that they have over there teaching English and things. And then Caleb feels called to be a missionary in Israel. And so Kaylee also surrendered to missions as well on the field under a national pastor Amen. preaching because I was out of town. and uh, But, you know, it's just it's just God doing those things. And wherever God takes them and wherever God does it, we just taught them the same thing that we learned. If God speaks to you, follow. It's not our dream that we're following. We're doing our reasonable service. That's right. Romans 12.1 says... Uh, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, or to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And so I, I don't need praise. I just thank the Lord what, what he's done, and we're excited about and that's what we want to show you tonight, and so, or this morning, wherever I'm at. Uh, forgive me. When, whatever time it is, it's nighttime over there. They're already done with their services. About 1,500, 2,000 people are meeting and have met today already in their services over there in our churches. And so I'm excited to hear the reports that that we get from them. So I pray it's a blessing to you, and uh, we'll talk more.
2: 51 million people that live in this beautiful and diverse country are living without hope or direction. Lonely and lost, they are without the Lord Jesus Christ. As scattered sheep without a shepherd, they need someone to have compassion to make a difference in their lives. The Lord has given the Luke Shelby family a burden for the people of Kenya. For over 20 years, they have been ministering to make a difference in the lives of these precious
1: people. The people of Kenya need the Lord. They're lonely, they're hurting, they're hungry, and they need someone to give them the gospel. God sent us to those areas and he's opened up many doors for us to be able to go down roads, to over 200 villages and preach the gospel of Jesus and make a difference in the lives of those people. Thousands of people have come to know Christ as a personal savior. Many churches have been started because what God has done to help make a difference in that country.
2: Many lives have been changed, and these are some of the men and ladies whose lives have been changed forever by the grace of God.
3: My spiritual life is enriched by studying God's Word. There is peace of God in my family and joy. I have learned how to love my children and husband. This gospel has made a difference in my community through my soul-winning and witnessing.
2: (laughs) Wajilia Nafasi, Tango, Nipatewokov, Mpaka Sitya Leo Mishkur, Manake Jili, Mebadilisha Meshango, Pata Katika Bom Maetu, Pia Inafra Manake, Wanashkuru Kwajilia in Jili, Mebadisha Meshang, Manakewameona Mebadika, Manake Kabla Sidia Okopa, Sikwam Zuru.
3: I first heard the gospel being preached directly to me in the year 2012 during youth camp. I believe the word that Jesus died for my sins, therefore, I invited Christ into my life, and I have seen tremendous change in my life. Through this gospel, I am able to preach to my family members, and Christ is doing a great work in my family. I i and i I'm i But since I received Jesus
2: into my life, He has changed my life, my family, and even the community. Uh, Many people believe the gospel, and their lives are changing each and every time. And even my brothers uh, got saved, and I have peace in my mind and my heart that salvation is free and forever in Jesus Christ.
1: We have seen a home visitation turn into a weekly Bible study, and after six months has actually turned into a church. And to be able to see that church grow and evangelize to their own people and to spread the gospel to start other churches in in areas around them as well.
3: It's been a joy to my heart to see the Lord working in the hearts and lives of the ladies that we minister with. Seeing them learn to love their children and their husbands the way that God has taught us to do in his word. It's made tremendous changes and we've seen incredible growth in their families, the closeness of the family unit. And these ladies are reaching out to their neighbors and teaching them also. My heart is there with them. I love those ladies and their children. Stand in awe that God has called us to be missionaries there and has given us the privilege to stand there, to stand in the cap and show those people God's love and the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And we are Looking forward to seeing what God is going to do with these families.
2: Many doors have opened to preach the gospel in Kenya, but there are still so many who have not been reached. Hundreds of villages and towns that have no gospel witness and people are struggling and dying without hope. We will continue to have compassion to make a difference. We still need your help to make a difference as you pray and as you give. We still need you to send us. Would you come to Kenya and help us have compassion and make a difference?
1: Thank you so much for your prayers and your financial support as you've supported us for the last 20 years in the country of Kenya. I would like you to pray for my wife. I mean, I did not greet you in the, in the best way. This morning uh, what her name? what's your name Christine. Christine I did not greet her in the best way this morning that's just what came up top of my head you're supposed to greet them and say how are you fine how's your husband wife children fine 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 how's your cow fine <laughs> how's your house the your compound fine how's your chickens how's your garden How's, you ask all those questions, you know, and they say, yeah, then they tell, tell you the problems, whatever they have in any of those situations and stuff, and that's, that's the right kind of greeting, so sorry I didn't do that, but um, anyway, that, that would be too African probably, and that would take too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have had a chance, or I haven't made the, made the trip down there, but our church in Kenya, uh, or a few of our churches in Kenya are supporting missions in Past Rwanda, but in um, Burundi Burundi and Congo, and I've been invited by the other missionary to take me down there to go see those works and everything. And you have to pass through Rwanda to get there, and of course, you know the Rwanda was a hot spot for genocide there years years back, and that's one of the places I would like to go see and just. Uh, things that the devil and and, and people ask questions what's the difference in America and Africa Uh, basically the people are different God is the same praise the Lord but also the devil is the same Mm -hmm. but the devil seems to get more power and strength in working with dictators and things like that and they have more power to kill people and that's why we need to pray that God would send more missionaries around the world and to me, and I've mentioned this up in Chicago, and I thought I was going to get in trouble. It didn't, it didn't go too bad, but um, African lives matter. <laughs> but uh, we need more people in Africa. Um, there's missionaries leaving the field all the time. There was a, a missionary in Cameroon uh, a year or so ago. I can't remember exactly the date, but he was caught in gunfire and killed him and left his wife and I, several children, um, without a father, but one of the two, a couple of the children were there with them, and they, they saw him get shot, and so just by guerrilla gorilla, uh, shots and things like that, but there's a lot of empty places where the gospel is not reached, and I can still, uh, there, was, there was a missionary, um, I believe it was a lady missionary, I can't remember the name off the top of my head right now, but she said she could see the Smoke of a Thousand Villages, or it was Robert, Robert Moffat in South Africa. See the smoke of a thousand villages that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And every place you go, every place you drive through, here, here in the States we see Baptist Church, Baptist Church, Baptist Church. They're all over the place. And that's one of the things that's been on my kids' hearts and everything, that there's, there's churches everywhere here. The Bible is being read every Sunday in a lot of places around, around America but you hardly see that in Africa. And so we're trying to make that. I don't know if it's, we can't call it a Bible Belt. It'd, it'd be nice in 100 years, 200 years, they actually call parts of Kenya Bible Belt where we were at, but that's, that's not on us, that's on God. That's what he, what's what he can do. And so that's, that's our goal in reaching the Kenyans. Edward on here, um, he's, he's from a place. Every time we go out into a village somewhere, uh, we. We, we say this is the end. This, this is the last people. You know, there's nobody else that's never heard the gospel or never seen a white person. And then they take us somewhere else deeper and deeper and deeper. And so um, I'm, 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 a, I'm afraid they have a bad picture of America because I'm the only white person they've seen. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but pray for my wife as she's not able to travel that that much. We traveled over the summer all summer with our kids because they were had a break in school and everything. And so we went out west and east, and 15,000 miles in a couple months. And uh, um, but she's just worn out. And also, we're helping with our Bible college there in Jacksonville, Arkansas, Bethel Baptist College, and teaching missions class, and also kind of dorm parents and things like that. So I have to be there every, you know, Monday through Friday. So I'm only able to make trips out on the weekend. And so pray for her. She has COPD, and about 50% of her uh, lung lungs are are being used. And she's using the oxygen machine at night. So just pray for her. Our elevation is about 6,000 feet above sea level. And we'll probably be looking for a lower elevation to go uh, move to when we get back closer to the lake where we have some other churches over there that we can still work and produce what we're doing in our town of Key Sea and in, in the in those rural areas as well. So uh, just pray for her health and pray for her breathing. Um, some of that may be the biofuels and everything they have over there and, and stuff like that. The cooking out in the open, and the population, population of our town was, has grown from 50,000 to almost uh, 400,000 wow. in the time that we've lived there, and actually, we've been there longer than most of the Kenyans have, because half the population's under 15. Wow. So, I can talk, truly, I can talk into, you, you know, teen church or something like that, a youth camp, and say, hey, I've been here longer than you have, <laughs> you know, but um, anyway, uh, it's fun. Football season has started. I figured Pastor went and took a took a group of the church and go see a football game. But anyway, Texas and LSU were right over here, so we watched that a little bit with some friends uh, last night. Arkansas lost, but um, anyway, uh, we do football visitation over in Kenya. Mm-hmm. You like you guys like to go. You guys like football, right? Yeah. We do that on visitation. So winning, it's hut one, hut two, hut three, hut four. <laughs> Grass huts, <laughs> wall, mud walls, mud floors, and everything. Um, turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter number 15, but hold your place there. And we're going to look at uh, Philippians chapter 1 for a second. <coughs> Philippians 1, verse 27. Of familiar with what Brother Covert mentioned this morning, I, I, was, I was thinking he can go ahead and preach. He he, he wants to do this. Um, actually, Brother Covert and the Covert family, I've known them for a little while, and uh, it's a blessing to see their faithfulness. But I feel so small, <laughs> you know, okay, yes, daddy. <laughs> you know, but it's good to see the Lord moving in their lives. Verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the Lord, uh, the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Amen. That's what I want to talk about right now, striving. In a day when uh, video games, social media, takes the attention of most of the kids around America, people don't know how to work, and it's hard to get them to work. I'm working up there with college students at 30 minutes. <laughs> I need some water. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. This is too much. I say, come on, come on. I'm more than twice your age. Come on, you can keep up with me, right? Um, mowing grass and cutting down trees and clearing, clearing things over there. But really, the day and age we live today, people don't know how to work, don't know how to struggle. Look at, look at Colossians chapter 1. These are verses that Paul is using when he introduces the letter to those churches that he'd been to. There. He'd been there, and he's worked with them, and he saw them, but he also saw the way that uh, they were living. He, he needed to try to encourage them a little bit, and also the work that he did was not a lackadaisical work. It was, it was something that was, uh, you know, he was striving to do to get those churches started. Uh, uh, Colossians uh, chapter 1 Verse number um, 28. Well, verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of, glory, of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise the Lord. That's what God wants to do. God is in us, it's His glory. Christ is in us, working. It says, Whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all, thing, in all wisdom. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. When I was growing up and learning how uh, a missionary, a uh, church planner, asking questions and learning how these how, how things should go on the mission field, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. There was going to be a lot of work involved. There was going to be a lot of sweat. Uh, Paul was left for dead several times, places that he went, um, but his, his main goal was preaching the gospel. That's, he's trying to get it into the hear, ears of people that are, that are there. And, verse, and Romans chapter 15 tells kind of a summary of his life. And so I want us to turn back over there. But my goal in being a missionary and what God put on my heart is that I need to be the kind of missionary that Paul was. You know, I know missions is called by a bunch of different flavors, a bunch of different things people do. And I'm not down. I'm not I'm not going against any of that because all that's needed. We need, you know, help feeding people. We need schools. We need hospitals. We need people that 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 can uh, we need orphanages that that can raise up godly young men where they they, they would men and women where they wouldn't have a Christian home. And we have an orphanage over there doing the same thing. uh, But uh, the part the part of. uh, uh, church planning is what, Jesus Christ died for the church. He gave himself for the church. He loved the church. And the church was the avenue where God was going to get his message to the entire world around it. And so church planning is, is not just the word missions. It goes a lot, 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 lot further beyond that because we can produce churches over there just like this one. Amen? Amen. And where they sing, get up and sing, give the heart to the Lord, and they send people out, and they go themselves, they reach the immediate area, the Jerusalem, the Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. All those things happen because that goes through the church. And uh, uh, here in in Romans, uh, you know, I I know talking about striving and laboring, this is Sunday morning. We came here to rest. (laughs) We want to relax. We want to put our feet back. You know, or put our feet up, take our shoes and socks. I feel like like you're at home. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Uh, Just when your socks are tickling the guy in front of you, you know, uh, know, kind of maybe overboard there. But, you know, this is church. Amen. (laughs) But um, uh, if you turn to Romans with me. When we first moved over there, Romans chapter 15, uh, it was trying to learn the language. And Swahili was the national language. We've tried to learn other languages as well. And uh, um, uh, Luo, and there's a few Luos in Uganda, I think. Um, and the guy that was translating for me was, I was preaching Swahili, he was, he was translating into Luo to make sure everybody understood. Um, I've, actually, I've actually preached and had um, three translators, because the guy that was, we had visiting only knew English. He was preaching in English but the translator into the Luo didn't know the Swahili. And so I had to change it from English to Swahili and he changed it. No, he didn't know English. So he had, he knows, he knew Swahili, but not English. So I translated, he, he preached in English. I translated into Swahili. He translated into the other language Luo. And so that was, I mean, you actually could do that, uh, like the day of Pentecost and have 12 people up there. If you got 12 people, 12 different tribes that didn't know the other languages, Then you could actually do that, and it would be all scriptural because everybody, making sure everybody knows everything that's going on. Um, There's 42 different tribes in Kenya, and uh, they all have their own languages besides the Swahili. And Swahili is the trade language, but then also one of the tribes has 19 different dialects. I'm glad I don't live up in that area. Uh, But anyway, so um, language can be confusing, but it is an open door. It is how you get into their heart. We had uh, another missionary mention to me when I was learning language and uh, learning, you know, things were struggling, things were, you know, not getting in the way they ought to, ought to and stuff like that. And he told me this. He says, when those people talk to God and when they pray, how do they talk to God? How do they pour their heart out to them, to God, when they pray? How do they try to get God To listen to their prayers, they pray in Swahili. So we can't teach them English to know God. God will meet them where they're at. And so when they pray in in Swahili, then they need to be met with Swahili to know that God hears them in Swahili. Amen? Now, I don't know that God's an African God, but God's a God of everybody. And I'm excited about the verse in Revelation when we all get to heaven and the song will be sung. And every tribe, every kindred, every people, I'm going to be mixed between what language I'm going to be speaking that day. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you'll be speaking something. Rwanda has their own language, right? And, uh, but, um, but to me, it's fun in the work. Even though it's striving and laboring, we're working for the kingdom of God. But when you're doing something that you know God's blessing, it doesn't seem like work. It doesn't seem like work. I remember my first bus route uh, back in Jacksonville, 16 years old. had to borrow, beg, and steal cars from other church members to go around and do my bus route because I didn't have a car. I had a license. My dad had his car. He was doing his own route, and that was my first bus route. But last week, on, or this last Thursday, I was able to meet a lady on visitation because she brought her child to church she got saved and baptized you know Michaela's probably 10 years old 12 years old something like that and the mom came with her to watch her get baptized I didn't recognize her anything but when she said hey I used to come to church here somebody used to come bring the bus by my house and take me to church said who was it she said my name Luke Shelby I was like what where did they live? I went to visit them, got another appointment to go see them later on just to, uh, you know, confirm some things. And But it was exciting. 30 years ago, I was picking up this little girl, and now her daughter got saved, you know, about a month ago. And so it's exciting to see, you know, the things we struggle and we think are fighting, are fighting, fighting, fighting to get done when God gets in charge and God does his work behind the scenes, we know it's not work at all. That's right. And all the things... Songs that we talked about—that what Christ has done for us. What have we done for Him? What have we done for Him? That's what Paul is talking about. Him striving and laboring to warn every man, to teach every man, so that every person that came in contact with Him, He could present them to Christ as a sweet-smelling savor. That was Paul's offering to God. Amen. That was—that's what. It's not just about money. In our work to the Lord. It's about what we present to God. And the years that we've been in Kenya is nothing. I'm excited about about going back. I know we're going back. But it's continuing on the offering of presenting those folks to Christ. When they come to know Christ as a personal Savior. Romans chapter 15. Read a few verses here. And I want to encourage you to, to strive. Verse number um, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders by the, Spirit, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about into Elycrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yet so, I have, yet so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your goodness to us this morning. Thank you for all that are here today. And God, thank you for all that you've done in our lives to bring us to this place. We thank you for your goodness to, in, every, in every area and aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Strive together is what I want to, to <coughs> preach on this morning. Strive together. Let our conversation from Philippians be striving for the faith of the gospel. Amen. There's people right here in Houston that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. 30 years ago when I was running a bus route. Twenty-five years ago, running a bus route, I would see kids near Little Rock, Arkansas that had never known how it is at church. Yep. I would knock on the doors, not, not, not far from the church, in a trailer park, not, not even a mile from the church. Knock on doors or see kids on their bikes and say, hey, would you like to come to church on the bus? And they said, I remember this 11-year-old girl asking me, saying, So, church, what's that like? What do we do at church? How are we supposed to act at church? That was way back then. How much more could it be today? And I'm not saying that, you know, running buses is expensive. But each one, I like this over here. Each one, reach one, bring them, lead them, guide them, take them. I probably added stuff that wasn't there. <laughs> but that's, that's what Paul was doing. He didn't look at the masses. He didn't look at the millions of people and get sidetracked saying, hey, i got to have millions of people around me following me for me to go and lead somebody. It was one, each man, every man teaching in the Word of God, presenting each man perfect in Christ Jesus. And... That's what we have to do. Each one of us needs to find somebody to do the same thing and strive for them. Strive with God. Strive together as we, as we work together for, 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 for the gospel. You see Paul's message here that he strived to minister to the Gentiles. These are not his own people. He was a missionary. He was the example that we have of, 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 be, of, of being missionaries to, a, to another place. There's a lot of people here in America, that are not our people. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not Americans. But if we don't strive with them, I believe immigration issues that happened here in America was trying to get the world to come to us so they could hear this blessed gospel go. because we weren't, able, we, we weren't willing to go to them. So, so if, you, if you want to blame somebody on immigration, blame God. we're not willing to go there their struggles are too hard for me to live with I don't want to live with them I want to stay here well God says okay I'll put somebody right next door to you I'll put somebody that lives uh down your street I'll put somebody that works with you I'll put somebody there if you want to stay here and you're going to be faithful to the gospel I'll bring them to you remember what he did at Pentecost he allowed the 19, 20 different nation, nat- nationalities come to Jerusalem. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he made it possible for them to do that because people were saved out of all those places. And then they went back home. Amen. Don't make it political. Make it spiritual. Like God, brings it, God brings people to us Amen. each and every day. We should be, this is going to fall off. We need to strive like Paul did. He strived. He strove to get the gospel to every person that would hear. To minister to the Gentiles. To minister the gospel. To take the gospel, the plan of salvation. How people's lives can be changed. How they can be touched by God and changed from the inside first. And then uh, sanctified through the outside. To offer himself an acceptable sacrifice. Romans 12. We mentioned that as a living sacrifice, Colossians 1, as presenting to God an offering. And remember, at the end of his life, uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I am willing to be sacrificed now. The time of my departure is at hand, and everything that I've done has been an offering to God. How many people are in heaven because of Paul today? How many people are in heaven because they read the gospel that Paul preached? He was striving. Half the New Testament is written by him. We're still reading. We are still have his example as missions work today. And so everyone that has been saved in Kenya is a result of Paul. Amen? Everyone that's been saved all over this world is a result of Paul. And what was he doing with his simple life 70 maybe 80 years old we don't know he was uh you know he was probably blind probably crippled a lot of stories have been mentioned somebody mentioned to me maybe he had 30 years of ministry or 32 i don't i don't know where where they got that or anything but um you know it doesn't matter but what he did his one life burned out and just like another missionary said if i had a thousand lives i'd never do anything different if I had one candle, my life was one candle, I would burn out completely for Christ. Paul strived to give glory to God in those verses that we read. Paul strove in his life that he should not get any glory. He, there's a lot of things that he could talk about that doesn't pertain to the gospel, that he could glory, but he did not want to glory in those things. He wanted to glory in Christ to only speak of what God has done through him. Amen. That's what Paul wanted. That's what Paul desired, to only speak of what God has done through him. How many times we come to church? I mean, I'm not not against this. I like fishing. I like football. I like sports. I like those things. Amen? Amen. It's almost religious (laughs) in some places. Well, if you get down in Alabama, and one of those churches is right on the interstate, uh, which one goes north and south through the middle of it, 65 man you got a church right there and they're half auburn half alabama at the end of the season coming down man they are just duking it out in church you know but it's a religion but i like those things but how many times can we come and fellowship with other people and say hey look at the big fish i caught look at this big deer i got look at this look i did look at what i did look what i did what did paul say those things are fun and those things are makes us happy those things are exciting. That's a hobby. But what did Paul say? I don't want a glory in me. He said, I want a glory in Christ. What is, okay, God help me catch a fish. Can we say that? <laughs> God was in this, you know. Holy Spirit, help me, guide me to this. You understand what I'm saying? Paul strove to try to deny himself any glory, but he wanted God be lifted up above all else. Amen. Strive to only speak what God has done through him. Strive to fully preach the gospel. And I don't know how you can do that in, a, in one visit to somebody's house. But over and over and over and over and over and over again and mentor someone and develop someone. The way that you have been developed helping someone. That's part of not getting tired. Amen striving to go where they'd never heard the gospel before recently before coming back i did not want to come back when i came back in april because somebody had just gotten saved in a maasai village and well actually well let me go back to december it was christmas break a man a college student Went home to help his mom with, his, with her little shop that she has selling stuff on the streets. Carried his Bible, carried tracts, carried, you know, the messes that he has inside of himself and started witnessing to people. And people kept coming back, bringing other people with him. He witnessed to more. He's helping his mother, but he's there for two weeks. And he's got a group of people that's been saved almost 10 to 15. And he was like, what should I do? Should I go? Back home, or should I stay? Should I go, or should I stay? I mean, God's working. What am I going to tell him? Go back home. Well, I said, if God's in it, God will help you. That's right. Make the right decision. Anyway, he stayed. More people got started getting saved. And I told him, well, if you're just getting stuck there, and you can't get back home, you need to have some kind of Bible study. But do it on Sunday. That way, when you end up starting a church, They'll be used to Sunday, you know? You don't want them going to Catholic church on Sunday and then having Bible study with them on Monday or Tuesday or something like that, right? You want to make sure they're saved. And they're working with them, and you're helping them, and you're developing them and everything that they're doing. When I visited there a week before I left to come back to Kenya, there was over 30 people in this building that wasn't even finished. A couple, two or three walls weren't even finished on the building and they borrowed it, and they were given that for free to have church in. I've, I've met in a lot crazier churches, places, yeah. under trees or uh, just under a, under a palm tree. I don't know how palm tree got over there. Somebody planted it a long time ago. But uh, a couple benches they put under a tree. Uh, another, no, no, another, another church started out with just, uh, they were offered a, a piece of ground that had some trees, probably half of this. This section over here and they cut down the trees laid them over and nailed them to the stumps and that was the seats they left some trees around the outside and that was the shade and uh you know that's that's african church It's a lot of hard it's, you got to strive to do church work over here a lot harder than you do over there um so that's fun over there a lot of just labor but um but this this guy said hey i, I don't i don't i don't I don't know what God's going to do here, but I think that we need a church here. So I said, you stay there and you keep working and keep working and we'll see what happens when I get back. Then a, guy, then a guy he brought to Bible college said, man, he comes from like two hours further from that town of the Maasai that I was excited to go to, at least to that point, and have a church because I've been praying for that town to have a church and we hadn't been able to open that up. But a guy from there is even further out and he said, this is what he told my wife and uh, kids, Caleb and Kaylee, because uh, they were over there and they were talking to him, said, yeah, I want you to come out to my village, back out there when all they wear is loincloths. I was like, oh, wait a minute. But that's out there. And there's people that are dying without Christ. And each place that we go, where Christ has not been named, those are places where the gospel needs to be reached. We can be comfortable with, hey, we've had the gospel here for how long? How many people have been, or how many people have died and without ever hearing the name of Jesus Christ? We need to strive because there's more and more population around the world than there ever has been. We need more and more laborers than there than, than there ever has been. But why did Paul do this in striving? He believed that if they had heard the gospel, if you look at Romans chapter 10, he believed that if they had heard the gospel, they would believe, they would receive, they would be saved. No matter who it was, no matter where they were, Romans chapter 10, very, very simple, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Paul believed that here in 15. And he said, he he believed that through his whole life. Anyone, if they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be saved. Amen. If they call on His name, they will be saved. If they trust in Him, they will be saved. But wait, there's there's a gap here. From the saved to the call. Somebody has to go. Somebody has to be sent. Somebody has to be taken. I like the way it says in Swahili. It's not like uh, American. Yes. Swahili, it says this How shall they preach except they be taken? Wasipo palekwa. I don't know if you know that in that. Okay. Unless they be taken. We had a church. My assistant pastor wanted to go start a church across town. And so, literally what it said in Swahili, our church went with him six to eight months of soul winning and visitation, saw over 100 people saved in that area of town on the opposite side of town before we started the church. The day we started the church, we had an early service at our church and we went over and took him there for their first church service over there. And so, we we get the idea we can send a missionary a far off country and forget where he's at forget everything that he's going through what about a group in a church going with the missionary taking him making sure he's set up that's part of striving to me i don't want to change american uh you know i don't want to change the english in here that's the word of god amen but how shall they preach except they be sent Let's, let's, let's read through 10, because I'm, I'm missing a few things just off the top of my head, okay? Uh, verse 10. No, it's 13, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul believed that. Paul believed that how shall they preach? Sorry, 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Paul believed each and every stage of that gospel. Amen? So that's why he had to strive for people to listen. Strive for people to understand. Strive for people to believe. Strive for people to be saved. Because that's the only way God would come into their heart and in their life. We should strive to teach the whole counsel of God to people we're working with and we're living with. But if there's someone here today and you don't know if you're saved, God has a reason for you to hear this. This church is striving to get you in in its doors. Striving to witness to you. Striving to get you the gospel message. Striving. I'd like to meet your husband. I don't know if he comes here every once in a while. But um, getting those people, each person that needs to hear the gospel, Somebody needs to strive for them. In uh, verse, verse 30, back in, back in chapter 15, there's a place we went to start a church. 2010, the village of Sidundo. We have an orphanage there also because of the lifespan of some of the individuals and the, the inheritance things, the customary things that they do. Um, makes their life expectancy around 35 to 40 years old is all it is. You don't see old people in those places. And it's heartbreaking because every week there's a funeral in that village. thousand people or so in the village. Every week there's a funeral. I started going out there in 2012 to say, I'm going to try to Get these people founded in the Word of God so they're, they know what the truth is. They're not, they're not, they're not going around and believing everything that they, they came from and continuing in charismatic or doing this or doing that. A bunch of different, you know, we don't want any Catholic stuff going on in a Baptist church, right? So uh, we, 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 uh, I, I, I decided I'm going I'm to teach these people through the fundamental truths of the Word of God. 2012 I started that. Every time I went there I would would get sick with malaria. Come back home, puking my guts out. Sorry, this is you hadn't eaten lunch yet, but But that's part of life. I tell missionaries going over to Kenya or Africa in general, if you don't get malaria, you're not a missionary yet. So I don't have to stop counting how many times I've had malaria. And it's not really, it's not really contagious except by shaking hands. Did I shake somebody's hand this morning? No, I'm joking. That's a joke. Uh, sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we, uh, every time I'd go out there, I'd get sick. More meds. Kept getting sicker the next time I got out there. Get more meds when I come back. I would stay out there a whole week, sleep in my car. Uh, in, in the back of my vehicle, it folded down. I could put a mattress in there. I had a little tent-like thing where I would sit out in the afternoon and cook my meal with a gas stove, you know, and just camping out, basically. But I did that for three years. But I knew every time I would go out there, I'd get sick. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And then seeing God change some of those men to where it's not just salvation, but they're denying some of the traditional things that they would do in their families around the time of funerals where they would be changed and say, no, we're not going to do that anymore because we're Christian. It's not that just we're saved, but they were being changed. But every time I would go out there, it was, I would get sick. At the end of 2012, I'd had malaria so many times, six, six months in a row that I said, there's something else going on in here. It's not just malaria. (laughs) I went to the CDC in Nairobi. The doctor's there, and they said, "Uh, you got a lot of stuff going on here. Malaria is your smallest problem. You got parasites. You got stuff we don't know what to call. You got typhoid. None of this stuff's supposed to be in your system. So they gave me a bunch of drugs to try to get rid of it. And then they they gave me one medicine that says, well, if you live here and you eat with the people out there, you're going to have this. If you want to get rid of them, it's like worms. If you want to get rid of them, here's the medicine for it. It's cheap because everybody has it. But I don't think that was much of a sacrifice because I had to go to that place, and I had to minister to them, and I had to love on them and care for them and teach them the fundamentals of the faith. Now that church has graduated over 10 students from our Bible college. And they're looking at starting other churches around them also. And that might be the place where we're going to move when we move down to a lower elevation. I just hope I don't keep getting sick. <laughs> but why are we striving? Why are we working? Why did you start a church here? Why, 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 why are you coming to a new church? Because you believe I believe this inside of you. You believe that when people call upon the name of the Lord, they'll get saved. I believe you believe that if you help people, they'll see God and Christ in you. Amen. And they'll see the truth, and the truth shall make them free. If you're in here, tonight, if you're, if you're in here this morning, and you don't have that freedom that I'm talking about, and you're not willing to strive, and you're, 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 you need this, you probably need to get saved. If you're like that this morning, I'd love for you to come to the front and get saved. But verse number 30. In chapter 15. To the church now. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. That's, I'm not picturing myself as Paul, but I am trying to carry on the work that Jesus Christ put on this earth. Amen? And something that's most important to us, as it was to Paul's time, as he's writing the Romans, the most important thing for him was to have prayer that people would strive on their knees in front of God and their mouths and their heart and their burden and their livelihood, th- things that they prayed for, that they strive together with the gospel. Only let our, be- our conversation be that of striving for the faith of the gospel. In our prayers, there's missionaries all over the world. We're just one of them. They need prayers. The church, pastor, leadership here, they need your prayers. Because driving for the faith of the gospel is not an easy job. It's work. Amen? And I know you want to relax. It's Sunday. But rest in God. Rest in Him, knowing that everything that you've done, you've done it for Him. And God will give us peace. God will give us rest. This morning, if you need to come to know Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you need to come to the front and say, I've been laying back, I've been relaxing too much. There's people around us. There's people dying and going to hell everywhere we look. There was a lady, our secretary in our church in Arkansas. She passed away this last uh, spring. I mean, I still have her email account, (laughs) sending her message and stuff like that to the church from Africa. Ever since we've been in Africa, she'd been the secretary there. But she told the pastor this. On the hospital where she had the stroke that eventually, you know, played part in her death a few weeks later. She told our pastor, she said, I wish I could do more. 80-something years old. Faithful in church, faithful in working, faithful in doing everything that she knew to do. Her whole life was church. Her whole life was helping people. She said, I wish I could just do more. I don't want anybody to take my place. And she thought she was getting out of the hospital and going back to work. But listen, there's people like that that God's taken home. And the young people that we have all this energy. We have the ability. We have the understanding. We need the grit that those people have. Amen? To keep striving and keep working hard. There's some people around you that need to be saved. Strive to see their salvation. Strive to warn every man. Strive to work, use your life to make a difference in somebody else's life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving us and taking care of us. Thank you for the strength. Thank you for the verses of encouragement that we have in your word. Like I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Though the fight, though the difficulty, though devil is, is at, every, at every place, he's fighting to keep people saved, God, give us that fight and help us to trust in you. We thank you for your goodness. Please bless this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning you need to come to know Christ as your Savior, you need to come down to the altar, you're welcome here. Everybody stand if you would. Preacher. Let's
0: stand to our feet. The piano is going to play a song. Let's take some time to respond as God's spoken to our hearts this morning. Just thankful for a faithful testimony of a man and his family serving God and God using them in wonderful ways. And I look ahead to people like this and it's my heart's desire that I be faithful. To strive for the work of the gospel, work of the Lord, that he would take us and use us to be faithful to him. God's spoken to your heart this morning. You need to trust Christ as your Savior I'm here. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you and show you how you can know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Whatever the Lord's leading you to do, you take some time to do that now.